As we begin the new year, lifestyle changes and New Year's resolutions drive the aspirations of many. Today's guest, Senior Account Director at Juniper Park, Jamie Kerr, struggled with his weight very early on in life. Throughout our conversation, Jamie will take us through his personal struggles, how 20 years as a martial artist help overcome them, and how his love of wellness and the significant changes he continues to make to his lifestyle has become a true passion for him. All that and so much more right here on the Spotlight Series. have that fancy setup like you but i have cool things <laughs> so i guess that that means something how's it going good you good man i'm good this week flew by i can't believe that like next week is mid-january i know eh? it's uh like you blink and the first week is done i don't know about you but it's been a little bit slow on our end how about you no it's well yes and no um our clients were off on monday so that was kind of nice just to ease into it but a bunch of our clients have different fiscals yeah so we're trying to like sort out POs and all that jazz and bridge POs. And I'm still, I'm like a month in. So I'm still trying to like figure out, you know, how to, how to figure out the, where to go at JP and then like the right clients to bug and whatnot. And we're finishing up a bunch of projects across clients. So it's actually been really busy. I feel like it was kind of like the op, like a belt curve, like Monday was chill and it started Mm -hmm. to pick up, pick up, pick up, but then instead of dropping, so I guess it's not a bell, it just kept going up. And I'm in like back to backs now all day. That's it's all good, man. you know what? It's good though. It keeps you busy, right? Time goes, and I mean, even for us on our end, it's been pretty slow uh, for us. But uh, we had an Apple campaign come in, and I love it when those come in because it keeps me busy for at least you know a good solid week. So, Absolutely. And it and it takes the in the entirety of the day each day. So I get to work at my own pace. Nobody really bothers me. It's nice and quiet, and it's been good. So. I couldn't have asked for a better way to transition into the new year with just like a, you know, a standalone job yeah. that just keeps me on my pace, right? Yeah, minus lockdown and gyms. Oh my God, don't even get me started on that. Well, it's an interesting thing too because mental health has become more, people are more open to talking about mental health now, um, especially men, Yeah, I find, because I think, you know, there's this toxic masculinity of like bury your feelings, don't cry, have that stoicism. Um, but it's still, people still don't give it the same gravitas that they do when you break a bone. Sure. You know what I mean? And for so many people, the gym is their form of therapy. You know what I mean? And like you're prepping for a show. Um, and through like my wife, I know how difficult that can be, how mentally taxing that can be. Um, as you're counting, you know, how many carbs you get and do you get a cheat meal this week? And is the cheat meal something that you like? Is it really a cheat meal or do you just get like an extra rice cake, right? Sure. Um, and I think people don't get the mental and emotional benefits of the gym. They understand like the physical aspect of like, okay, I'm, I want to lose weight. I want to gain weight, the aesthetic portion, but they don't understand, especially now like being in a work from home setting, not even like the the social aspect of like chatting and chopping it up with someone, but seeing other people. Yeah. Right. Like getting off that energy, which is hard to do when you're at home. 
with no, and you, and you can't dumbbells. replicate it. You can't. I mean, uh, we've so we're in the midst of moving right now. We um, we're in a rental property right now because we sold our house last December, so about a year ago. While we're waiting for our new build to uh, to be mm-hmm. built, and it's been delayed several times now because of COVID, just like everything else, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, in that house, in our previous house, we had a a, a basement gym. You know, nicely set mm-hmm. up. It was fully renovated, and now we're in a tiny little townhouse where we're maybe half the size of what our house was, and we're trying mm-hmm. to make do, and it's just not cutting it. And we're really looking forward to that move because, I mean, sure, the basement won't be finished in the new house, but it's twice the size of our old house, so it makes it okay. I can get as close to replicating an in-gym feel as I could. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we have one down the street here that I started going to when we came here uh, in the summer. And it's been good because it's gotten me out. I mean, notwithstanding being able to come into the office uh, when we could have. um, And I was looking for those opportunities. I know a lot of people, I didn't teach their own, right? Everybody likes the the at-home. And trust me, there's nothing like working from home. But, um, you know, you, you miss that social aspect of it, getting in there, collaborating. and, and And it's something that I think we're sorely starting to miss as time goes on. So I was mm-hmm. finding my outlet by going to the gym. And then as soon as that just got taken away, it's like, oh, it's, it, it is a hit. It is a mental hit for sure. Well, and we're creatures of habit, right? So like I think of like our workout routine and it's like when we go to the gym, like you write out your workout and this is like common for you being on plan, right? Yeah. You, have, you make sure that your macros are in, your food is in, you're at a good spot. You know what you're going to do. You have your pre-workout. It's weird because it's like it's very similar to like when I talk about people who smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily about, you know, smoking and the nicotine, it's the ritual. And I feel like people are very ritualistic in nature. Yes. And when we first moved to our place, um, and like we left Toronto now in Sarnia, uh, we moved during the height of COVID where you couldn't buy anything. Like, I think we bought 20 pound dumbbells and they're like $200. Yeah. And that's insane. Um, and my wife could work out from home, but I just didn't have that same motivation. And now, like, we go five days a week. It's not a problem. It's not an issue. It's become our ritual again. But it's really hard, I think, to ritualize something at home or get into that routine because you have so many distractions. And I think that's, like, the one negative about work from home. Like, at my previous job, I didn't meet a single person. I was there for two years. I didn't meet a single person for two years. Wow. And... Yeah, and I begged Liam. We had a, a TV shoot um, right before the break, and I, for those who don't know, like I live in Sarnia, so it's two and a half hours away. Oh Liam my! Was so kind. He's like, "Don't <laughs> worry about it." I'm like, "No, bro. Like, I don't care. Like, can I go? Like, let me go. I'll figure it out." And it was just amazing to finally meet people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same for phys- for physical activity or any type of activity. You know, we find motivation and support through that camaraderie of people. You know what I mean? It's the same with work. Like workflow sometimes is better when it's organic and there's people around versus staring at a computer screen all day. Yeah. But yeah, the, the lockdowns are, are hard, especially when it comes to trying to hit your fitness goals. That's for sure. Absolutely. Do you and your wife have any kids? No. So you have no. that on your side right now because we found initially – because we have two boys, a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. And the one way we were able to kind of get into that routine is make them part of it. So you yeah. Know, divvy up the, the the basement gym okay you guys do your apple fitness plus on this side and then we'll go yeah. and hit the weights on this side and it it, it it took some time to to establish that habit because i think that's the main thing is is establishing a habit and and, and mm-hmm. putting that into the routine because on a whim it just doesn't work with with kids it's like oh yeah. i don't want to do they, it's looked at as a chore it's not looked at as you know okay this is something that that can be fun and that's you know 
wonderful to do with with my parents, with my brother, whatever. So, I mean, that was a, a huge adjustment for us. I mean, just like you were saying at the beginning of COVID, getting into that and then even finding equipment. Equipment was so outrageously priced in the beginning. It was roughly, I think, like for hex dumbbells, you're talking like $2 a pound. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's increased even more to like three and a half, almost $4 a pound. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm longing and for the days have- when they were a dollar a pound. <laughs> it's like gas prices, right? Like when yeah. you, you know... You, you remember back in the day, you're like, oh, I remember when gas was under a dollar. Yeah. It's the same thing with gym equipment, right? And then like you hunt through Facebook Marketplace hoping to find a deal, but people are trying to make money. I get it. So, yeah. and it's, I agree with you. It, it's not the same like working out from home. It's, no. But hopefully the next two weeks will be here soon. I think we're, well, we're already done week one or halfway week one, through. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be here sooner rather than later because I can't wait to get back in. Um, but what's funny is like, yeah, it was a few weeks ago, I think when I had done my, uh, my wellness Wednesday, um, spiel mm-hmm. at uh, pulse. And I mean, you weren't the first one, but I've received so many nice messages which I'm very grateful for on, on that initiative. And that's basically how we connected. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm completely grateful and humbled by this opportunity to be able to provide outlet and initiatives for, for the staff. And, Every time someone reaches out to me and they share that 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 passion and that interest, it just you know it gives me goosebumps, you know, because it's something that in growing up I I had never uh, never had a passion for, and it took mm-hmm. and I think your story might be very similar to mine. It took meeting the right person to really instill that in me, and uh, you know when when you were telling me all about you know yourself and 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 your wife and and everything that you guys have going on, it really sparked interest in me, which is why you're here. And so we can talk about all that, but absolutely like the, the really, the big thing that stood out to me was when you were, I, I, I hate to use certain words. I hate using, we're going to use the word overweight. Cause you, you say you sure. went from overweight to skinny. Uh, and yeah. I'm going to touch on the word skinny for a second. Cause that was my huge problem. I was the, I was yeah. the polar opposite as a child. And uh, to me, the word skinny cuts as deep as if you were to call somebody fat. Unequivocally. Yeah. And, and that was my, anytime I used to hear that as a kid, uh, you know, oh, you're so lucky, you're so skinny. That cut so deep. It's And I know it was not meant with malice. The intent was yeah. good, but it's just my insecurities projected and I didn't know what to do with it. You know, what, what was what was your experience like going from, from your beginnings? For sure. So I was always a chubby kid. Um, honestly, probably like looking back at like the knowledge that I have now, I was probably not morbidly obese, but Mm -hmm. I was chunky. Um, I think there was like actually like when my parents and I would go grocery or not grocery shopping, clothes shopping at Zellers, there was like a chunky boy section. They obviously used a more politically correct name, of course, but that was it. Um, so what had happened with me is I was always the chubby kid, um, and then I got really sick. Um, I got sick in grade seven, so when I was about 13, I had pneumonia for on and off for about a year. And I went, uh, found out then that I was diagnosed with a lung disease, and I went from 165 pounds to 113 pounds. Wow. Um, and I'm 5'8". Um, I'm pretty sure I hit my peak height-wise. At 13. So I went from being really fat to really skinny. And to be perfectly honest with you, I loved it in the beginning because I was the type of kid who was very self conscious changing, whether it was at the karate school or swimming, because mm-hmm. I felt like I had breasts. Right. Um, and it was something that, you know, in a lot of organized sports, 
you know, there's the, the macho jock type stuff that we have a lot more understanding of now, but it's never a fun thing when someone comes up to you and smacks your chest and plays with them. Yeah. And so going from one side of the coin to then being really skinny in the beginning, I loved it because I found that at that time I could kind of still eat whatever I wanted because I had lost so much weight so quickly. I wasn't concerned about muscle mass to fat ratios and all of that stuff. I was a child. Sure. It was more so just about feeling like I could fit in with the crowd that was in my school. But what ended up happening as I started getting really focused and this lasted for a long time on being skinny. And I think that's something that not a lot of men talk about. We talk a lot about body dysmorphia, or at least I say we, I mean like the media, they talk a lot about it from an obesity perspective, but a lot of the time with men, and this was like during the like good Charlotte days and Blink-182 days, so everyone is skinny and tatted up, right? Couldn't get tatted because, you know, I'm a child. Spent a lot of money on temporary tattoos, but (laughs) I could control my food intake. So I focused a lot on things aesthetically mm-hmm. that I thought were really important, but were honestly really detrimental to my health. So I ended up being, and throughout this whole time I did karate. So I've done karate from when I was six until honestly, probably about my mid twenties and I'm 34 now Okay, and did, did martial arts through the entirety of it. But one of the things that was important for me, and it's how I justified it in my mind is being in certain weight classes for fighting so i knew based on or how i justified not eating and i would go sometimes a day without eating two days without eating if i was really anxious and this happened a lot when i started my agency career there'd be days where i'd have maybe one meal and some people when they're stressed out or have anxiety eat they overeat other people do the antithesis of that and i fell into that category And I justified it as I need to be at this weight class to fight. But it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing because I found anytime you do a yo-yo type diet, you you bounce back in a negative way. So, you know, you calorie restrict and then you smash 3000 calories worth of pasta, you know, and then you overindulge in beer and you try to justify it. And like, well, I haven't eaten in so many days. So this is okay, but it's it took a really, really long time to really understand my relationship with food. And I think it's something that not a lot of guys talk about because the goal is, you know, get well now anyways with people when you see on social media, it's get bigger, get swole, you know, mm-hmm. look like those people who are competing on stage. And I realized what I wanted and it took to be 34 to figure out what was really important to me. And it was crazy to think of like the self-esteem aspect that it had going from like being 13 and going through like a 20 year learning. Cause I think so often in life, people, they want the solution now, yeah. right? It's like when clients want something and they pivot and they're like, Oh, Hey, um, we know we approved this brief, but we want to go in a completely different direction, but our timeline's still good. I think people think that way too, but fitness isn't an end goal. And when I mean like fitness, it's, It's not about looking a certain way. I think it's about having confidence mentally, emotionally, and physically to understand what being healthy means. Mm -hmm. Because so many people, there's so much disinformation or misinformation rather um, out 
in the world that oh, of course you know, i remember when kale was the superfood and then no one <laughs> talks about kale right no. and then bacon was as bad as cancer or was bad as cigarettes and i was like i don't care i'm eating bacon yeah. and i don't know what the new one is now but there will be a new one in 2020 right and of course there is. it's taken a it's taken a really long time and it's been really hard to figure out what being healthy means for me because i've ballooned i've gone from 165 to 115 and the heaviest i've been was 205 wow 205 is not fun at my height yeah because you're full you're fully grown at 58 like that's what you had you had stopped right there don't right? remind me yeah yeah no stopped. but see and the funny <laughs> thing about that is when and, and i'm almost on the complete opposite end of this spectrum but with very similar struggles when, when i was growing up i hit my growth spurt very early um, I was not even in high school and I had hit six feet tall. So, yeah. and when you hit that growth spurt and then you get into high school and you're now six, three, six, four, and I'm not even in grade 10 yet. I, I, I have stretch marks on my back because of how fast I grew. For sure. And yeah. talk about being in the change room. I mean, that was my biggest insecurity as well. Cause I'd walk in there and in high school, you, you know, aesthetics became a very, very, uh, important thing at that time. Absolutely. Um, and you're, you're in the change room and you're seeing guys who look at, at a stack of weights and can put on weight and I'm sitting there you can see almost my ribs you can see my shoulder yeah. blades you can see my hip bones like that and it's not that I couldn't eat I was eating everything under the sun but at 6'5 yeah. and burning calories at puberty at that age it just would not stay on and I didn't know oh, what yeah. it was so it was and, and that carried with me as well because now I'm 39 I'm turning 40 uh, later this year and I didn't figure it out until, well, I didn't even want to say figure it out. We're always learning, right? We're never fully figured Absolutely. it out because everything's evolving over time. You know, we learn all the differences in our health and wellness over time and how to make these adjustments. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I would say my my early 30s where I started to get mm -hmm. a proper understanding of, okay, it's not about, you know, I mean, aesthetics are great. You know, we want to look good. We get that. But it's sure. more important how we feel and and how and how we live a healthier lifestyle, so we can get the most out of this life out of this life. And I think that became more important to me because when I was starting, when, my wife's a personal trainer, and she had always told me, "Don't look at the scale." I know you're obsessed with the scale because yeah. you were always, you know, 120, 130 pounds, but at six yeah. five, that looks like you weigh nothing. And yeah. So when I started to go through the process of trying to put on more muscle and trying to put on more mass, I would step on that scale every day, watching every pound. And she's like, this is, she goes, it makes no difference. What do you yeah. see when you look in the mirror? That's what makes the difference. If you're looking to gain size, that's what you look at, not what the scale says. Because you'll the get obsessed. Lies it lies to you. Absolutely it does. But then it creates this obsession almost, this unhealthy obsession. And yeah. then I took a step back and thought, oh my God, she's right about this. Why am I even doing that? I mean, the, the main thing here is I want to stay healthy. That's the main thing here. Aesthetics come afterwards. That's great. But it's just about being healthy. And again, it, 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 the self-esteem thing was huge too. Because I mean, when I was growing up, I was called everything under the sun. A lot of unpleasant things that around, you know, the, the early to late 90s, certain things that should, that, you know, are very, very inappropriate to say now were common back then as far as insults. So we'll mm -hmm. just say that. But, um, you know, that was... And we're that, not far off in age. So no, like, we're I only like four that, years 100%. apart, right? Yeah. And the, like, scale thing, the scale thing is brutal because mm -hmm. you're focusing on the wrong metric. You should Absolutely. be focusing on the happiness metric. And, yep. you know, I think of like the goal of like having abs. And <laughs> even at my skinniest, at 113, still didn't have them. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, 
So now at 34, let's say I want abs again. What am I going to have to sacrifice? How unhappy am I yeah. going to have to be to get abs? And what is that going to affect physiologically, mentally, emotionally? And, you know, I think about that, like having to lose weight and cut weight for fights, which you have to do. And the stuff mm-hmm. that you see on UFC and whatnot is true for every discipline. Yeah. Um at the time when I was doing karate, it wasn't a considered an Olympic sport, so we had our own thing, the World Karate Championships, and kids kids were doing treadmill and a sauna, oh you know, because they need, they, they, need to, they, need to, they need to cut weight for a fight. Yep. So when you look at like aesthetics, aesthetics are pointless and they're completely subjective. Yeah. Right at the end of the day, when you look at yourself, you have to look at the progress, right? And that's why photos are so important. And a lot of people don't take them because I think there's this self-conscious aspect of I don't want to take a photo of myself because I'm not happy. But even going through my fitness journey, and full disclosure, I don't take photos of myself. Um, <laughs> but my wife has snapped photos of me and be like, look at the change that's happened yeah. over, you know, three, four, five years. And you're like, holy crap. Okay. Yeah. Good job, Jamie. Like some things are working. Like we're not where we want to be because the goalpost always changes. Of course. But- Oh, and also scales lie. Like scales yeah. are wrong all the time. And even those ones that have like the body fat um, things in them, mm-hmm. they're known to be off by five to eight percent. That's huge. Minimum. Yeah. And if you think about that, well, you're prepping for a show, right? So if you're trying to hit a single digit body fat, you know, and you think you are and you're like, yes, I've attained my my goal, but you don't look the right way, you're going to be like, what's wrong? Yeah. And it's going to create a negative feedback loop when you realize, oh, I thought I was 8% body fat. I'm really 17. Okay, we now have to go carbless and I can only eat tilapia from now on. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's it's changing that perspective of understanding that progress is made in the long run it's not a sprint it's a marathon to quote Mm -hmm. nipsey hustle um and it's something that you would think like doing karate for so long i would remember but it was something that i guess because of like my history with it and from going like you know fat to skinny to Going into an agency life, which to be perfectly honest, in the beginning of my onset, I did not have a healthy relationship with all of the free food and, and, and so on and so forth. You and um, me both. And who, well, and who can say no to free beer when you're right. like 21, living in Toronto, making no money? Yep. Um, you know, it's very easy to overindulge, um, especially in our industry, which oh, is why like, I think the fact that you're doing this is amazing. Um, but it takes such a long time to at least get like a foundation of what the right thing is to do and to not even have the motivation. Cause I think motivation is something that kind of kickstarts a journey, yep. right? Like I'm unhappy. I'm going to do this, but it's that dedication of I'm just going to do this whether or not I want to, like, I hate running. I loathe it with every ounce of my soul. I've got a bad knee. Um, I sound like an old man. Um, <laughs> it hurts my lungs because of my lung thing. But my lung clinic is like running's the best thing to do for your lungs. So I'm like, oh shit, yeah. I guess we're running. And you have to push yourself to do those things that make you uncomfortable in order to try to hit the goals that you want. But I think a lot of people's goals, honestly, are unrealistic based on the lifestyle that they want to live. And that's also a hard conversation to have with people. Because I'm sure you being in this, you've had people come to you and be like, hey man, you know, can you write me a, a plan 
can you do this? Can you, I want to lose, you know, I'm, I'm getting married. I'm going on vacation. Well, not now, but before COVID, how can I look good? And then you write down the plan and they're like, oh. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because when we first got back to the office uh, a couple months ago, and I had decided, okay, I'm going to come in. And we're up on 16, but I'm like, you know what? I want to come down to, to 14 and, and yeah. work with everybody else. More foot traffic. So I did. I, I had a couple uh, a couple of people at the agency come up and say – a couple uh, two questions were always, you know, number – and this mm-hmm. is just after I had done the Spartan race. So yep. first question was, you know, where do you get the motivation? And, and, and I always tell people, look, motivation is subjective. Mm-hmm. My reasons for doing something or or – my motivation to kickstart me to get into into whatever I'm I'm going into is my own, and it'll be different for you. It'll be different for somebody else. And, and the motivation, just like you said, it's what gets you started. But it's that commitment and it's that discipline that keeps it going. And this is where I think a lot of people fall short: is the discipline aspect and that commitment. Because, like you said, you know, we we live in a world now where we want instant gratification. So if we're not seeing that inherent change right away people drop off and say, that's it. You know, I tried. Well, no, you really didn't try because, you know, you can take a picture of yourself and you say photos are a great indicator and it's true. And we're not talking, you know, photos of vanity. We're talking here about progress, right? Absolutely. Um, so you take a photo of yourself today. If you take a photo of yourself tomorrow, you're not going to see a difference. But if you take a photo of yourself a month from now or two months from now, you will start to see incremental change. And then a year from now, like you said, you're going to see monumental change. And that's where it is. It's not about that. I mean, here we are now, beginning of January. The mm-hmm. huge thing now is New Year's resolutions. And whatever yep. helps people is great. I don't want to knock New Year's resolutions because it does. It's it's a uh, For some people, it's what gets them started. And that's the main thing. Absolutely. That's what gets you started. Um, I also like to preach people, look, you know, that's great that you have a New Year's resolution. Maybe you should also think rather than waiting till a date to start, what's wrong with today? What's wrong with tomorrow? You know, and if you take a few steps back, the next day is another day to get, okay, I can make up, make that up now. I, I'm, I'm not going to fall off. So the motivation is one huge thing I get. And then is the, you know, what do I need to do? Well, everybody's goals are different. You know, my goals will be different from yours, from somebody else's yep. age is a factor. Um, you know, and, and again, I'm not a personal trainer. So I always mm-hmm. deflect and say, find somebody who. Um, is educated enough in this field that can guide you, can map out a, a, a goal, a, a plan for you, so you can start working towards your goals. And it's and like you said, the goalposts are always moving; they're going to change. Age takes into a factor, uh, lifestyle, uh, where you are in your life, your career, changing career, that's going to take time away. So all these things that change, and then when people hear these things, it, it sounds like a lot, and that's what frustrates them, and that's what kind of deters them from doing it. And I think, and especially in the industry we work in, and like you were saying, you know, all these things that we have at our disposal aids in our lack of progress. I mean, am I because fair in saying say that. that we work in a, we yeah. work, we can say we can work in an industry, we work in an industry that historically has bred an unhealthy lifestyle. All you have to do is watch Mad Men. Right. And, you know, and I, I think about it. So I, I think about, so I did martial arts for 20 years. Um, I have my fourth degree black belt in karate. Um, I'm still not as good as Ralph Macchio. Um, (laughs) But I competed on like the international scale. I have two silver medals and a bronze from the World Karate Championships. But I still fell into all of the agency traps. I picked up smoking. 
which as someone who has a lung disease, probably one of the dumbest things I've done <laughs> when I started in the agency world, but I wanted to fit in. My boss smoked, his clients smoked. I wanted to be part of that. Yeah. You know, you have bagel Mondays or whatever day when they give you bagels, there's free food. You know, you're not able to maybe spend as much money as you would like on things outside of the office. So when booze is a flowing, you're saying yes, the word no doesn't really come out of your out of your mouth. And I think it's very difficult to learn those habits. And it was funny, I was talking to my wife about an agency I was at where we would have um, like bagels and sweets and stuff once a week. And then they expanded it to like a charcuterie board with bagels and stuff. And you would see people and they would have like a bagel, a croissant and like a muffin sounds amazing right now yeah um <laughs> on their plate but they don't have a they don't have that ability to be like you know what this looks good but it's not going to actually satiate me and i think that's one of the things in the agency world there's these temptations to indulge a lot yeah. like i remember working at young and bluer and like going to jack astor's once or twice a week for lunch you know getting their amazing chicken fingers you can't have chicken fingers without a beer and who just drinks one beer so you have a couple and it's not about going out and like getting loaded it's just you know you want to go hang out with your friends and whatnot and because you're doing that on a special occasion which ends up being like once or twice a week so it's not special anymore you overindulge and then mm -hmm. but you don't realize that it's not like that one slip up it's you know a thousand slip ups over 15 years that yep. get people to a place where they don't want to be and that's where like fad diets and stuff fall in and i find it so interesting because people in our industry fall victim to it and i'm like but you're in marketing like you should know this um and you see people who are like oh i'm doing keto but they're not doing it properly you know they're eating a package of bacon a day and i'm like that that's not healthy for you um you know or they're doing intermittent fasting but they're not tracking their calories and they're only doing intermittent fasting on every other Thursday and yeah. or juice cleanses, which are just not good for you, no. um, in my opinion. And they spend all of this money on stuff because it's really expensive. And then it's funny when going back to your point about hiring a personal trainer, people are super quick to spend two, three hundred bucks on like, you know, a three day juice cleanse, but they don't want to pay someone who has that knowledge yeah. to give them at least that foundation of like, hey, what you're doing isn't working um, or in order to achieve your goals, you need to rethink your lifestyle because I think it's not about diets because diets end. They do. Right. Yep. Um, it's about a lifestyle change. And I think for a lot of people, that's a roadblock, which is why it's amazing. We have a platform like this where it's accessible to everyone and we can just share knowledge because we all make mistakes. We all screw up. Oh, absolutely. And it's not. You know, it's but it's there's no quick fix to no. really anything in life, your career relationships. I've still been trying to grow my facial hair out. It's 34 <laughs> years in progress. It's still not looking good, but who knows where the next 30 years will be. But you know what I mean? Like nothing yeah. happens overnight. It's all about really taking a bunch of like minuscule goals, like tiny little ones that end up going to. A much larger goal like I think of weightlifting and I think that's a good example um, or running and maybe you know you're doing a squat and you can only do the bar which is 45 pounds mm -hmm. but then in six months you can do 95 pounds you didn't go one day from a 45 
pound bar with no weights on it to 25s on each side. You've progressed slowly. Yep. And people don't realize that it's little tiny victories that end up being a big victory. Just like running. Maybe you can only do 1K. You said you did the Spartan. You didn't just wake up one day and say to your wife, I'm going to go do the Spartan tomorrow. I'm sure you trained for it. <laughs> I did, yeah. You know? um, well, I, I did wake a- up and tell her, hey, I'm going to do this. But yeah, it was a year out and yeah. Yeah. You're not doing it tomorrow, right? No. So it's about, you know, it's about really setting a bunch of like tiny little goals mm-hmm. um, that end up being part of a much larger goal, if that makes sense, right? It's like I'm going to stop drinking every day and I'm only going to drink on Fridays and I'm only going to have two drinks instead of, okay, I normally drink X amount. I'm going to just go ham on Friday, right? It's setting a bunch of little tiny goals. um, And I think that's where a lot of people end up veering off path is they go from one extreme to another. Yep. So they go from like Uber Eats, DoorDash, lots of booze to a juice cleanse or only salad because everyone thinks that salad is healthy. It's not, you need food. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not a sustainable diet. Things have to, have to happen gradually and they have to be something that you enjoy because there's going to be aspects of everything like work and, and whatnot where, you know, you might not enjoy a moment, but you're not going to stay in a place or do something unless you're a really, really, really masochistic person. Um, if you're not happy enjoying what you do. And I think the same is for fitness, right? And what fitness means to you, because what it means to you could be completely different than what it means to me. And it's about setting goals, I think, that are realistic, sustainable, and ones that are fulfilling. Yeah, and I think what uh, where a lot of people go wrong is the perception of it. I mean, they think they can, uh, okay, well, I, I know I should eat better, but exercise mm-hmm. is not for me. Or the, or the complete opposite. Yeah, I'm going to go in the yeah. gym, but then I can afford to eat whatever I want afterwards. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, the, the human body and, and, and body uh, chemistry and, and, and science tells us that the body doesn't work that way. You need yep. your equal balance of nutrition and exercise. And not to say you have to go to extremes on both ends. Yep. It, like you said, it's these little incremental things. I mean, if you're not being active in any regard start with walking every day start no one's yeah. telling you to go into a gym and start squatting 400 pounds you know or, no. or go into your kitchen and eat nothing but greens and fruits all day um, you know it's that healthy balance of both and just making these small changes but yeah it, it does fall back on well you know but if I'm not going to see a change by this date then you know what's the point well the point is that you're not going to see it by that date it's the long term my wife what she used to hate was I mean now she's a she's a head coach for orange theory fitness but prior mm-hmm. to that, uh, she offered, uh, you know, in-home personal training and, and things like that when she was getting her foot in the door in the, in the industry. And the biggest thing she got, especially when we were in our mid to late 20s, was, you know, uh, brides-to-be coming to her. Yeah. Okay, I got to get into this dress or I have to fit into this dress on this date and look this great on my honeymoon. Okay, well, when's your wedding? Oh, it's in two months. Really? There was a TV show based off that. I think it was called like The Last 10 Pounds or something yeah. where it was that yeah. exact same thing. Yeah. And – as soon as it's done, they, you know, go back to a certain, you know, certain habits that are detrimental mm-hmm. to their progress. And then they wonder why, oh, what happened? I thought what I made these changes and everything's going to be good, but it's got to be consistent and part of your lifestyle. And, and it's not, and, and it shouldn't be made where it's not fun. I mean, find the things that are fun for you. You know, Absolutely. I love walking into a gym I, lo- I mean, I'm, I'm not one for machines. I love free weights. So that's my thing. So I'll go in there. When I see a big rack of weights, just give me all the iron in that place. And that's what satisfies me. 
I hate doing cardio, but I know I need to incorporate it into, yeah. into my lifestyle. So, okay, I'll go on the, on the bike. I'll, I'll do that kind of stuff. I don't like to run, so I'll do the bike. You know, I'll find different sure. ways to get that into me without, you know, having to make it not fun and make it a chore. And there's so many ways. Like, you know, uh, if, if someone says to me, well, but I don't like any part of being active. Well, no. That's a cop-out. Everybody loves 100%. one thing active. We do. Uh, we all love something that's healthy to eat. Of course, we indulge. I mean, I've, I've got my vices. Like, I'm sure you have your vices. But, um, you know, it's I, for me, it's always been everything in moderation. You know, I don't want to make myself unhappy. And I know you don't want to make yourself mm-hmm. unhappy, too. This is no. We're making these changes to have a much better lifestyle. Yeah, why, and to live why, longer. Right. Why would we be unhappy doing it? You know, um, but one thing that really stood out to me when you talked about, you know, these, especially alcohol being something huge in our industry, yeah. you know, go, go out for those oh, after drinks. You did something for your neighbor. He yep. was a heavy drinker. This one was interesting. So we were just shooting the breeze via Facebook and I, I've always like enjoyed drinking, but like never had an issue with it and issues with alcohol are, I think, rampant in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was shooting the breeze with him and always saw like a bunch of like tall boy cans in his garage. But I assumed that he was just someone who waited until he had X amount to bring to the beer store. Right. Um, and he just had a kid and I was trying to lose weight and he's my height around 270. So five, eight, 270, um, pretty big guy. And the, the biggest thing that I always say to people, um, when it comes to trying to kickstart the the weight loss journey is, and I think for people who are unfamiliar with weight loss, losing weight is easy. Um, and I mean, in theory, stop eating, you'll lose weight. You'll eventually die, but it's, you know, (laughs) calories in calories out. So I think one thing that a lot of people aren't focused on or aware of is liquid calories, like, you know, soda, stuff like that. And then beer. And we were chatting about it and he's like, yeah, like I drink a lot. And I was like, okay, cool. I've been in the industry for like a decade. What's a lot? And he said, oh, I drink about 10 tall boys a day of White Claw. I'm not going to judge him for drinking White Claw. But, <laughs> you know, you do the math of 10 tall boys a day. And I think a tall boy is like 400 milliliters or 500. I don't know. I have to Google it. It's yeah. a lot of milliliters. So you're consuming about, you know, five liters of booze a day. And I think the reason why I think this connects back to the our industry is we at times do a lot of things that are detrimental to our well-being because they cover up crap we don't want to deal with. Yeah. And it ties back to you know mental health. And I think it's also very relevant in our industry because we live in a stressful a, a stressful time and we're in a stressful business. You know, we have client goals. and you often hear people say, oh, you know we're we're not saving lives, but I don't really buy into that like sure, we're not doctors but but at the end of the day if you have a client deadline you don't know your bo- your client's boss could have said if you don't get this tv out on time i'm firing you and then that means their kid's not going to go to the school that they want and their world is going to implode so i don't look at it in a black and white way so i think we at times have a very high stress job and it's very easy to find those things that honestly numb the pain whether mm-hmm. it's dealing with stresses from work, from home, you know, uh, mental health issues, and which is still stigmatized, you know, like anxiety, depression, and whatnot. It's really easy and often socially accepted to drink. And like, I remember when my wife did her first show, um, 
I decided because I'm an idiot to follow her meal plan. So I didn't drink for like a year. Yeah. And I job we had a beer client, so we had a fridge full of beer, and people were like, "Oh, why aren't you drinking? Do you have a problem?" It's never <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, cool, I'll grab you a diet coke." You know what I mean? Yeah. And so with my neighbor, it started as a a physical conversation of like, "Hey, this is really bad for you because you're consuming seventy tall boys a week minimum. Um, you're going to die." And it started off as a physical journey, but I think a lot of physical journeys come from an emotional and a, a mental place. Absolutely. And usually, not, not all the time, so I'll speak for myself, mine came from a place of unhappiness. Um, not the martial arts aspect, because like I just always wanted to be a you know a ninja turtle. Um, <laughs> but getting into, into shape, it was I wasn't happy with the way I felt. Yeah. And I find sometimes how you feel inside you kind of portray that physically, not just in how your body looks, but how you stand, how you talk, eye contact that for you sure. make with people. And it was interesting with him because we talked for a day and he stopped drinking and he hasn't had a drink now in like two months. And I think it comes back to like that mental health aspect of sometimes men just don't feel comfortable opening up to other men because we're always gonna judge people, you know, and be cavemen. For sure. And I'm, I'm a pretty emotional guy. And much to sometimes the annoyance of my wife where she's like, you're such a baby. But I think, <laughs> you know, in our industry, it's really easy and sometimes socially accepted to pick up some bad habits. And I think it's we need to look at ourselves and figure out, OK, why am I doing this? Right. Like with my neighbor, he was going through some personal stuff and we all go through personal stuff sure. and he just didn't have the right tools to to deal with it and i think as a society going all the way from like school to work we don't give people the right tools to deal with shit you know stuff sorry um you know i think about in high school no one talked about nutrition no one talked about how to stretch a hundred bucks for groceries yeah um you know and i still think like even during covid and looking at the things like the gyms are shut down, but the liquor store is open, the weed shop is open. And I've heard the response to that when I express my frustration. And they're like, yeah, but you know, more strain on the medical system, which is probably true. But shouldn't we address the issue that maybe there are people in this world who overindulge too much and they're doing it because they need help? And I think that's our industry, right? Like in, and I'm not saying, our agency, I'm saying advertising as a whole. Oh, um, I've been, I think, yeah. you know, and it, it's it's one of those things where even I've seen people who don't drink and they're like, come on, come on, Phil, come on, Phil, have a beer. And you're like, no, I can't. And it becomes a really hostile environment where someone can just be like, all right, yeah, no worries. What can I get you? Oh, you want a water? Do you want a sparkling water? We've got bubbly yeah. with lime. It becomes a, you're not a part of our circle, like a mean girls, you can't sit with us now moment. And I think that's something that the agency culture is slowly starting to pull away from. You see agencies now that are like, hey, let's talk about physical fitness. Let's do a run club. You know, we'll give you some money for, you know, new gym shoes and whatnot. And I think it's something that isn't talked about enough. Yeah. And all it took with my neighbor is a conversation of like, hey, 
there's no one like wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be an alcoholic. Right. And right. I think it's fair to say 10 tall boys a day, 70 a week, you have a drinking problem. It stems from a place and it starts slowly. And it's really easy to fall into that trap, especially in an environment where it's always there. How do you say no to something that's always there? Especially when you're dealt with dealt with that peer pressure of like, but why are you saying no? Why are you only having one? Have yeah. seven. You know what I mean? And it's something that I take pride in, not because I helped him in any way, but that I was willing to talk to someone about their feelings and and also being honest, because I think there's this sensitivity around talking to other people about health. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. So you talk about how, you know, you got made fun of for being skinny. I feel like that's still OK. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I feel like society's like, oh, you're skinny. Your life is great. Exactly. Where you can't talk to someone who is considered obese and be like, hey, you shouldn't order that food. That's really bad for you. Yeah. And I think it's really important that us as people just start having harder conversations. Oh, absolutely. The funny thing about that is uh, I saw a post on Insta, uh, no, uh, LinkedIn a couple days ago. Um, and it's a uh, founder and CEO of an organic food company. And what he put out there was, uh, I want to read his quote directly. Uh, we don't realize it, but we're closing in on two years of being scared, then locked down, then masked, then vaxxed, and from the looks of it being scared again. In all that time, the same media outlets pumping up, pumping this out day in and day out have yet to talk about proper nutrition, exercise, hydration, and sunlight. Go figure. So I shared his post and because I looked at this as an opportunity to have now what we're saying a very difficult conversation uh, or, un- or uncomfortable one because what I had said was, uh, you know, this is a big part of the conversation not being addressed. And me personally, as a strong believer of modern medicine and vaccination, and everyone is going to have their own opinions. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. It's what's best for them. Uh, I'm also an equal believer in proper nutrition, hydration, and exercise. And over the course of this pandemic, we have embraced having uncomfortable conversations on a variety of topics. All for very good. Right. All for very good reason. Now, this is another uncomfortable conversation that we have to have. And, and health and fitness, I want to incorporate, like when I say health, I mean mental health as well too. So like we're talking about physical health, mental health, fitness, it all encompasses under one. We need to have these uncomfortable conversations because it's almost taboo that, you know, if somebody has not, you know, taken a step to acknowledge health and wellness in, in, in their in their lives, mm-hmm. you, you cannot question it. You absolutely cannot, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 and I'm not sitting here pretending to be an expert on every aspect of it. I mean, I mean I'm an advocate of it. I'm, you know, I, I, I encourage it. But I think the big thing is we need to be able to be open to have these difficult conversations and turn the lens inwards and say, okay, you know what? I need to be honest with myself. Am I happy with my habits? Am I happy with where I am in my health and wellness? What can I do to make these changes? These uncomfortable conversations have to happen. Well, and I think people don't want to have them. And I think part of that is the media and part of it is fear of, you know. Of the unknown? Not necessarily of the unknown, but of offending someone. Um, that too, yeah. And I, I think. I think, and then the antithesis happens on social media where you have trolls left, right, and center who say whatever comes out of their head um, or another part of their body. (laughs) But I think, like, I think about it when I was smoking um, and 
I had lung disease with smoking. My parents were like, you're an idiot. You know, you have a lung disease. Why are you smoking? And I was like, I'll quit. I'll quit. I have for many, many years. Um, and I don't miss it slightly. But would the same be said if my parents noticed that I didn't eat my food, right? Or that I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the fear comes from not wanting to offend someone. Mm-hmm. But when the at the end of the day, it's not about looking a certain way. And that's where I think a lot of people fall into like the fad diets and the juice cleanses and stuff and how, you know, um, we were talking about it earlier where it's like, oh, get abs in seven minutes eating lasagna. It's not going to happen. Um, it's that quick fix dream. And people don't want to be dealt with the fact that they've made many years of bad life choices and they're probably life choices based off of something that's a deeper issue that is being buried whether it's with drugs and alcohol or food or lack of food i find a lot of the times it's people trying to either mask something or control something you know i can Mm -hmm. and i can only control so much of my life i'm going to control this or my life is this way, you know, who cares? And I think when it comes to health and wellness, it's not about having abs, um, having a large chest, a big butt or whatever. It's about being healthy. Yeah. And healthy doesn't mean fitting into a size two. It doesn't mean fitting into a size four. It means fitting into a, you are going to have a long and healthy, healthy life. Um, while enjoying life not existing without having any physical um, roadblocks so that you can enjoy life to the fullest without existing. And it was funny. I was at the gym um, and I saw an ad and it was a stupid infomercial. But it said it was for one of those like pedal while you sit things, burn yep. a trillion calories doing nothing. Sure. But it said that sitting is it said sitting is the new the new smoking. And I don't agree with that science. But I think as people, we have become lazier and lazier. So it's harder to kickstart that. Whereas before, when we didn't have all of this technology, we went outside. And now Mm -hmm. there's fear of going outside. So everyone is trapped inside. And I think we need to sometimes revert back to physical activity that is fun and trying to help the people who are clearly in a rut. I didn't really go far out of my way to talk to my neighbor about his drinking habits. It just came up and I was willing to listen. And I think that's where it comes from on the conversations. It's not a Phil, you're doing this wrong. You're mm-hmm. an idiot. You know, it's, are you okay? Yeah. How are you feeling? Um, and that usually people open up quite willingly because they're shocked that someone cares about them. And, and I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like you want to be healthy, Drink water, you know, have yeah. a water jug on your desk. Just start there. Super simple. Make little tiny changes. Um, and you don't have to make the- it boring. I mean, we, we got a soda stream for Christmas and I just love bubbly water. Fizz up my water and I, I get it that way. Maybe I'll add a little bit of flavor with some lemon in it. But there's so many ways. And I think that's the thing, right? Like with media, um, social media, mass media, it's, you know, 10 minutes to greatest abs of your life, you know, three booty workouts. I talk about the women stuff because my wife runs a clothing line for um, women, um, you know, to get the greatest butt of your life. But no, it's the quick fixes. Like instant coffee tastes like crap, yeah. right? Instant KD is garbage, right? Um, everything that is worthwhile 
I love Kraft Dinner, but not the instant microwavable stuff. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, anything. That's I think we've all grown up on Kraft Dinner, <laughs> right? We're Canadian, um, but everything that's worthwhile it takes time, right? Of course. And it takes time to learn bad habits, and it takes time to unlearn bad habits. And I think the first step is just having an open conversation with people, but then also being willing to accept feedback. It's like I'm assuming we have performance reviews. Um, yeah. I hope I get a good one. But it's important to take feedback and take it as a doesn't mean you suck at your job. It's like, hey, if you do these things, you as a human at your job will improve, mm-hmm. right? You will get better by having a better understanding of for like my job, um, like finances, understanding scopes of work or so on and so forth. Um, and we need to not take things as personally, I think, as we do and understand that if someone comes to us and says, hey, Jamie, are you okay? You know, you've lost a lot of weight recently. Um, just want to make sure things are good. Um, and when someone comes to me with that, that I understand that it comes from a good place. It's not from, you know, the people in the locker rooms making fun of you and I when we were kids. It's people that care. And yeah. I think that's how we slowly start to talk about health and fitness and wellness with people. It's about approaching it from a, I love you. I care for you. I want you to have a healthy life and I want you to be around for a long period of time. I don't want you to you know, give yourself type one diabetes. I don't want you to be so thin that, you know, bottle, like certain parts of your body start happening. Um, you know, like there's a huge thing with women bodybuilders where they stop getting their menstrual cycle because they're, you know, the body fat is too low. Um, you know, you don't want that for people. You want people just to be healthy and happy. And I think when you approach it from that place, I'm not trying to be like a hippie and be like, you know, approach it from love, but it works. Yeah. Because especially in this digital age where everything is digital, I have never met you in person. We're doing this, you know, through teams. Um, it's important to create that, that human connection and let people know that you care about them. Do you think that's the difficult part of this is the fact that I mean, not just withstanding that we're all away from each other right now, but a lot of health and wellness initiatives, they almost seem like it's a chore for somebody. You talk about, you know, we're a little bit more lazier now than we were in previous generations. And I completely yeah. agree, you know, from from the advances of technology that have aided in making our lives better, it has also yeah. allowed us to be a little bit more complacent in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. These same advances in technology are also advances we have in our health and wellness as far as how we obtain it, how we consume it. Yet it's not as easily as accepted as it would for maybe a lazier outlet like, oh, I'm going to sit and scroll through TikTok for half an hour. That whole half an hour that you had, you could have been walking while doing that. No one's saying don't go on TikTok. Go for a walk while you're doing it. You know, get out there. It's I, I think exercising and, and what I've learned from the gym primarily is, I mean, I went in there very young thinking, okay, I got to fix my aesthetic problem. And what I've learned over that time is the gym is a very good metaphor for life. It's Mm -hmm. you get out of it what you put into it. And I've taken that lesson with me into the workforce, into relationships, into family Mm -hmm. life, into my wellness. It, It has enriched my life in so many ways that I don't know what I would have done had I not discovered my love for wellness. Mm-hmm. And I, because I, I just feel it is hard. And I feel like if, if more people approach it in that way, that it is a learning experience and it never ends, there's always something new. I think more people would be a little bit more open minded to accept uh, 
embracing health and wellness in their lives a little bit more seriously than they have in the past. It's never too late. It's never, too, you're here, you're breathing, you, you have the opportunity. Well, and I think that's the thing, right? Like with everything in life, and I agree with you unequivocally, you get out of anything what you put into it, but it comes back to the quick fix. Yeah. Um, you know, like the relationship I have with my wife has been cultivated over a decade of time. Um, of course, I'm going to have like our relationship is unequivocally better, stronger, more fulfilling now than it was, you know, when we were just dating for two weeks because we've put in time and effort. We have grown together. We have failed together. We have gone through highs and lows. And that that is life. But I think the hardest part for people is that fear of failure. And we fail every day. Mm-hmm. Every single day you fail. And I, I think it's one of those things where, and you see all of these like posts on Instagram, like an iceberg. And it's like what you see and you see the iceberg and there's all this crap underneath the iceberg. Yeah. And it's super corny, but it's also super true. It is. Like, you know, an Olympic athlete, they might be gifted maybe, but, you know, you hear about like Michael Jordan, you know, he practiced all day, every day. And even when he was filming Space Jam, he was practicing while filming Space Jam. So it's not necessarily that some people or that everyone who has been successful is super gifted at what they do. Mm-hmm. It's that they've put in the work. And all you need to do is come to love the failures because they're learning experiences. Yeah. You know, like in martial arts, I've failed many a time. I have lost many a fight. I have been knocked out a few times. I'm not saying that people go fight and get knocked out. It's not fun. <laughs> um, at, at the gym, I've not been able to hit my goals. Uh, I haven't been able to hit weights. Um, but that's okay because you come back and you tackle them again. And and that yeah. is life. You can't always win. But, you know, it's, it's like that Rocky quote. You know, it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how when you get up. I'm butchering that. Sorry, haven't watched in a long time. But it's true, okay. right? You have to, you have to understand that failure is a good thing. Because then it gives you a new goal to, you know, try to hit, right? Like if you're trying to hit a certain thing at the gym or you're trying to run a certain distance, eventually you're going to get there. It's just not going to happen overnight. And I think we just have to start having more open conversations about it's okay to fail. It is absolutely okay. And, and again, like you don't progress. And again, I'm going to use the gym as a metaphor because That's fair. you don't progress in that, in that atmosphere unless you failed. And I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous, but you got to think of it this way. If you're doing, you know, let's say you're, I'm going to use bench press, for example, you've got, let's say hundred pounds on there and you can do 10 reps of that. No problems. You're not failing. Mm -hmm. You've hit and you do that consistently over a year and don't challenge yourself. Well, you've not gotten any stronger, nor will you see any incremental change. It's when you start making yourself uncomfortable and I struggled, I couldn't get to that 10, but I got to Mm -hmm. eight. Well, now you're going to work from that eight to that ten. You're you failed, but you're learning, you're progressing, and you're growing. It's the failures that make you grow, make you grow, and that journey. I mean, I'm going to tell you a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, I idolized the guy uh, to no end, and it yeah, wasn't until awesome. uh, I got a lot older that I really appreciated his ideology and his methodology with regards to health and fitness. And, you know, uh, in one of the movies he did, Pumping Iron, very early in his career, mm-hmm. someone had said to him, you know, you're in the gym and and you're in there four or five hours. And we're saying four or five hours because he was, you know, bodybuilder and he was training different. for the Olympia. Yeah. Very different. But it's 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 the it's the message. 
and, and you got a smile on your face and you're enjoying it. He goes, and, and the other guy said, I hate it. I hate it. Why do you love it so much? I loved his response. He said, because every thing that I do, every rep that I do, every exercise gets me one step closer to my vision. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more because you don't take those steps. You don't do those little tiny things. Your vision just becomes further and further away. You know, it becomes a vision instead it of becomes like a, a vision. natural plan. Right. And, and we ne- may never attain what that vision is, but mm-hmm. the growth that we see on that journey is monumental. I mean, me, like, yeah, I, I want to, you know, my goal has been to step on a stage because, like I said, Arnold yep. is one of my inspirations growing up. I want to be able to say, for me, I got to step on a stage one day like my idol did. And I may finish dead last. I might not even be good enough to get on there, but it's the journey to get there that I know I'll learn more about myself that maybe I didn't know before and that I'll grow in certain ways. And and these are the things I think we need to embrace more. When you talk about the failures and embracing the failures, absolutely. I think we don't learn more than we do from our failures. Well, and I think it's, it's the funny thing from like a personal perspective because I think a lot of people's fear of failing puts them back from stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate in that like my wife and I decided to travel full time which meant quitting our jobs, moving back with my parents, saving, figuring out how to save, which meant sacrificing as much as we could to save for travel. Um, Ended up coming back a lot earlier, and then she wanted my wife, Amanda, who's been into fitness forever and had actually a very similar journey to you, super skinny genetics. People just told her, go eat a Big Mac, you're too skinny. Um, She wanted to change how she looked, ended up competing, um, and then decided to take her passion for fitness to another level and then when you start to figure out or, you, you know, the business plan, there's always fear. Mm-hmm. You know, there's fear of I'm launching a business. Is it going to succeed? There's the competition. There's Buff Bunny. There's Alpha Leap. There's Lululemon. There's Gymshark. There's Nike. There's all of this stuff. And at the end of the day, you don't know if you're going to succeed until you try. And how many people there can actually say when it comes to anything in life that they've tried so hard? that they've actually failed and then they've learned something from that and it's made them a better person. I think fear of failure is detrimental to all personal growth. And it's one of those things that we have to kind of get out of the habit of. And it's like when I deal with, you know, junior account coordinators and executives who are so scared of making a mistake. And I get that because I've been there. It's like, it's okay. (laughs) Make, Make a mistake because you're pushing yourself, right? If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Like when a baby's learning to walk, you know, they, they crawl and then they start to walk and then they fall and they don't say, well, okay, that's it. I fell. I'm done. I'm just yeah. going to sit on my ass for the rest of my life. They continue to do it. And I think we need to have that same mentality with absolutely everything that we do and, and kind of just embrace the fact that you're going to fail along the way. And that's part of growth. Absolutely. And the funny thing is that's why I say, I mean, we're called the disruption company at Juniper Park yep. TVWA. And that's why I always say disrupt comfort because comfort mm-hmm. is where, you know, your goals and your dreams go to stay stagnant and, and, and almost die. You know, Absolutely. There, there is no progress in comfort. It's what, and, and, and that's what I love about, you know, the ideology that our agency has on being the disruption company. Let, let's, notwithstanding advertising and marketing, let's disrupt health and wellness now. Why can't we be leaders in that regard too? Oh, we can. Absolutely. And I think disruption is unequivocally needed because 
people, I think, still have the wrong perception of what health and wellness is. Mm-hmm. And it's about feeling good being you. It's about having confidence. And, you know, you and I will never have the same body if you're looking at aesthetics, right? Um, no two you're people six, will. Five, and I'm five eight, so you're like a foot taller than me. Um, so I'd need like really long or really high heels. But it's it's one of those things, right, where you have to figure out what makes you happy as a person. Exactly. And and what makes you unhappy and what fuels those unhappy um, routines that we get into because we're unhappy. And and for some people that's overindulging. For some people that's you know, from my experience, not eating. And neither of those things are good. And I think it's one of those things that my wife dealt with a lot and I use her a lot for motivation because she really got me into fitness. Like I had karate, that was cool. Then I went into advertising and went away. Um, and she was trying to change her body, went through that journey and then realized that with a lot of women, and I'm speaking on behalf of her, I am identify as a man, so um, I can't necessarily relate to all of the things that media throws at women, but there's this perception of if you want to look a certain way, you have to be in this camp. Um, and there's n- no in between. It's either, mm-hmm. you know, be a bikini model and don't eat and be really unhealthy in that regard and have no balance and no friends and no happiness or be in the antithesis of that and be someone who always overindulges. And I think neither of those are right. It's about finding a balance. And that's actually where like bubbles and barbells came from. Cause it's that mm-hmm. notion of my wife loves lifting weights and then she loves champagne. So bubbles, barbells, nice. balance. Um, and it really works because in doing this for over, we're going on year two now, you start to, or I've started to understand a lot more of the challenges that women go through when it comes to body image. Cause you see it in social media and stuff like oh, that. Absolutely. But I didn't necessarily pay attention to it, um, but when we would see women messaging us asking about sizes and, you know, when am I going to have something in, you know, this size spectrum, this size spectrum, and then designing clothing that makes a woman feel confident and, and sexy and attractive and powerful, because I think there's this misconception um, in fashion, at least, where a woman who's working out and I'm not trying to speak on stuff I shouldn't talk to. It's just <laughs> the experience that I've had with my wife and running the business Yeah, is, you know, you have to look a certain way to wear leggings. You don't No. You know, you have to look a certain way to, you know, wear a crop top. And I think you need to um, feel powerful and confident, confident in the gym. And that helps. Like when you feel good, you have a good workout. When yeah. you look in the mirror and you're like, as a dude, I'll be like, yeah, like I look good right now. You know, I actually have a vein or something. Yeah. Um, you know, you feel pumped and you have a great workout. And I know from my wife, she has a similar experience where she wears, you know, clothing that makes her feel powerful and it empowers her. Absolutely. That's something that, you know, is really important. And it doesn't matter what part you are on your fitness journey. It's it's all a journey. We all started somewhere. You know, yeah. you and I started on different coins i was chubs you were skinny but you know we're working towards a similar goal yeah and and i think with her she went through a similar thing as you as i'd said and she was trying to figure out what balance meant because we don't talk about balance a lot no, right? we don't. it's it's either be super jacked and don't do this or drink a lot and 
be like I was and be chubby. Yeah. And then really skinny. <laughs> How instrumental was your wife in, in, in helping you with your journey as well? I mean, I, it, it, your journey obviously started before her, yeah. but how yeah. much of that did you learn from her? All of it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm someone, I'm different now, but if yeah. I didn't have accountability, I didn't go to the gym. So we yeah. worked out together, we cooked together, and I think having a partner is so important when it comes Absolutely. to working out. I think it's one of the reasons actually why people get personal trainers. It's not necessarily because of um, the knowledge. I think it's the fact that it's like, crap, I don't want to go to this, but I know <laughs> Phil is waiting for me and I'm going to get charged for this session anyway. Yeah. Um, so you know what I mean? Like I'm going to go. And I think from her from seeing her, I saw her confidence skyrocket. Like to me, my wife has always been like the most beautiful woman I've ever met. But seeing her being able to change her body in the way that she wanted to is inspiring. Yeah. And seeing someone who's able to stick to their their goals and say no, I can't say no ever. I'm learning, but working <laughs> from home actually really helps because there's no bagels and crap. But yeah. Seeing someone have that willpower and then seeing the changes that she's gone through, it motivates me to to be better when it comes to health and fitness because I know that I'll be better at my job, I'll be a better husband, um, and that I'll be better at running a business with her. And I know you have a similar relationship with your partner. Yeah. And I think it, it's health and, and wellness is something you need to do for yourself, but it's also really helpful if you have a teammate. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I love that you had mentioned that, you know, you and your wife, you know, cook together, work out together, because now this becomes something that the two of you can now share, you know, Absolutely. And, and just like you said, it's much easier to do when you have somebody that you're doing it with. And the same, you know, with my wife and I, I mean, there's times like there's trade offs, you know, I, I love to be in the kitchen. So I primarily take care of the meals. Um, yep. You know, she'll be the one to absolutely correct my form and make sure I'm doing things correctly in the gym. But when we do it together and we have this commonality that we share, it just strengthens not just our health and wellness, but our relationship as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another benefit to come out of this is that if you can share this with somebody, a friend, a spouse, a partner, whatever, you're strengthening that bond. And that in turn is also great for your mental health. It's such a massive umbrella of health and wellness. Mm -hmm. and, and all the different avenues it can take you. And I think if more people were just kind of open their minds a l just a little bit, uh, they can see that they'll find something, you know, inherently good out of it. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, we're at the very yeah, beginning. No worries. We're at the very beginning of the year right now. So new year's resolutions are a thing, Yeah. you know? Um, and like we had discussed earlier, you know, whatever gets your foot uh, forward on, on your journey. And uh, typically, you know, I think this, what, what the stat is, I think six to eight weeks uh, in is usually when people drop off you know, uh, mm -hmm. a month and a half to two months. We usually see it around February, like mid-February to March. Yeah. The winter blues kick in and that's when people yeah. drop their, their goals. Um, you know, for you, did you, did you ever find that to be an issue as far as, you know, not, not New Year's resolutions, but do you ever mm -hmm. get to that point, especially around this time of year, you know, does the motivation, you know, kind of subside a little bit? Or, and if no. not, you know, how did you power through um, it? For sure. So I think, again, like with motivation, it, it comes in ebbs and flows. Like yeah. you'll have a workout and I always have music going on. So you maybe find that song that just like gets your pump going, yeah. your blood flowing. 
then you listen it to it to death and then that song you're like i hate that song so the motivation is gone so i think with me personally i think a new year's resolution is something that's great if it kickstarts a journey that is an actual journey not i'm trying to lose 10 pounds i did it great i'm done or i didn't yeah. do it screw this i'm out i think when something becomes a lifestyle and that's really what we're talking about when we talk about health and wellness it's about changing your life yeah. and that's something that you're always going to have highs and lows like yeah sure like this time of year sucks like it's cold it's dark um i also live in sarnia so like i don't even have good food yeah. um and throw and, covid on top of this too right yes and i work in a basement so i think it's really easy to find the negative especially in this world right now yeah. But it's important to realize that you're not always going to be motivated. You're going to have days where you don't want to go work out. You said you hate cardio. I also hate cardio, but you know you need to do it. It's just like laundry, you know, or cleaning up the kitchen. Um, I don't want to do it. I do it. Wife does the majority of the laundry. If she's hearing this, she will correct me. I know you do all the laundry. <laughs> but, you know, there's things that we don't want to do that we just need to do. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that when it becomes a habit, you do it whether or not you want to. You know what I mean? It's like, it sounds stupid, but it's like showering, brushing your teeth, taking out the recycling and, you know, the garbage. And I'm sure you have two kids. I'm sure getting them to brush their teeth in the beginning was very challenging. But now I'm sure they just brush their teeth because it's a habit. And I think that's the big shift that we need to go through when it comes to health and wellness. It's not about a diet. It's not about a crash course. It's about tweaking your life. It's about changing your life so that you're still enjoying it, but you're enjoying it with like that lens of health and wellness, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like you're taking care of yourself inside and out. And it's something that you've done or you start to do and it just becomes intertwined into your everyday. Absolutely. And, and, and I love that, you know, we've had a chance to connect now over the last couple of weeks because, um, you know, just hearing your passion and, and, and your enjoyment out of this is, you know, heartwarming to me because I love Thank seeing you. others in the industry within our office having the same level of love appreciation and understanding for health and wellness and with the hopes that you know if one or two other people of the hopefully many that listen to this yeah. maybe t have some takeaway from it and start to make incremental changes and again that's what well, i can't stress enough is incremental changes you know small goals go for those small goals they initially they, they eventually add up if, if if that's what we can achieve here then i think you know the agency lifestyle um our culture and hopefully the industry as a whole will start to evolve and become a much more healthier place physically and mentally for all of us. Absolutely. And just remember, I think like the biggest thing that I could leave everyone with, it, everyone with is you're never too old. It's never too late to make a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. You can be successful in whatever you want at whatever age you are. You're, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing really stopping you other than yourself. Absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up, so uh, your wife's business, Bubbles and yes. Barbells, yes. Um, you went into that a little bit. And so where can people find her on social media and on the web? Absolutely. Um, thank you very much. It's very kind because we're actually just finalizing our second launch, which includes leggings, and they're amazing. Nice. Um, they're just in the process of being shipped now. So website is bubblesandbarbells.ca. Um, the Instagram is bubbles and barbells. Co. 
Facebook, it's Bubbles and Barbells. We have a launch coming up mid-January. We're going to have uh, new shirts in, leggings, hats, scrunchies, and we currently have tank tops, crop tops, shaker cups, and resistance bands. It's something that her and I have built from the ground up with no help. It's been an absolute pleasure to see her succeed. And if you sign up for our, our newsletter, you get 10% off your first order. Awesome. I absolutely love it. Jamie, this has been amazing for me. I, I absolutely had a great time talking to you today. Oh, this I could have talked for another like three hours, but then you'd probably miss like 16 <laughs> client meetings or something. This was awesome, Phil. I hope to do it again. Absolutely. We will do it again. And I'm glad to know that there's more people within the agency that uh, are really pushing this health and wellness initiatives. And I'm sure we're going to get a chance to do this again. Always. Well, thank you so much for the time and have yourself a great rest of the day. Thanks. You too, buddy. Every Monday morning here at Juniper Park, the entire agency is invited to attend our weekly Pulse meetings. It has become a staple of our agency where we connect as a group, discuss industry trends, workplace culture, and the week ahead, and so much more. We have a period in that time dedicated to our health and wellness where we look ahead to our Wellness Wednesday initiatives for the week, as well as future initiatives and activities, and we cap it off with a motivational Monday message. There was one Monday morning after Pulse that Jamie reached out to me we had never met yet to say how much he loved that our team supports health and wellness within the agency. A brief hello message turned into almost an entire morning of back and forth messaging, uh, talking about common interests in wellness as well as wellness within our industry. It's as if we had known each other for years. Since we recorded this show, he has joined our health and wellness team at Juniper Park and has already led very eye-opening and passionate discussions about his experiences in nutrition and wellness. And I know he's just only getting started. But the key takeaway for me was his journey. As someone who can absolutely identify with having to be patient in seeing results through trial and error, low self-esteem, and feelings of frustration and inadequacy, our conversation today was clear in that there is no linear path. Everyone has different goals, different expectations, and very different journeys. And that's the key here, the journey. Far too often we become obsessed with the achievement, the end goal, and we fail to take a moment, look around, and appreciate the journey and what it is teaching us. Maybe the same can be said in how we look at life. We look so intensely at the prospect of obtaining and potentially fail to enjoy the here and now. Yes, there will be setbacks, and yes, there will be days of self-doubt. But don't let that prevent you from the overall experience itself. Because whether you realize it or not, time is the one commodity that cannot be bought. So in that time spent on your journey, stop, look around, and appreciate the successes, the failures, the person you are, and the person you are going to become. That is all the time we have this week. I am Coach Phil of Juniper Park TBWA. This has been another Spotlight. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review. It helps us continue the climb on the podcast charts. This show is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can follow me on Instagram by searching the handle at CoachPhilTBWA. Until next time, be safe and have a healthy week.